Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. So two months ago, I spoke a message about connection, if anyone remembers about that. And I spoke about how we are made in every way, shape and form for connection. And we can see this through Scripture and through the Bible that we were created for connection in relationship with God, but it was our decision to go our own way and mankind's decision to do their own thing that broke that connection and why God sent His Son Jesus to the earth to restore that connection. That in biology, psychology, sociology, and just about every form of study involving people, it constantly comes back to the conclusion that we are made for connection. We are motivated for connection. Even people who find themselves eagerly pursuing the things of this world or engaging in the rat race, as some people say, uh, even these people like pursuing better jobs, better careers, maybe walking away from their families and their communities to obtain more, do it in the hope that one day they might be able to share those exploits and those great things that they're aiming to achieve with others. And so if you were to say to someone who is like working seven days a week, just trying to make more money, trying to climb up the corporate ladder or the social ladder, however you put it, um, and you said to them, what if, if you uh, got everything you wanted, but you weren't able to share it with anyone, would you do it? And pretty much all those people would say no, because it's connection is the, connection is a thing that they were made for. And even people who say no to finances, no, like uh, I'm really impressed whenever people like turn down um, higher paying jobs because they just love the one they're in, they love the people they're serving. It's for connection that they make sacrifices. It's for the connection with their family, their friends, their spouses, that they, that they say no to certain things. And so it's for connection that we pursue things, but it's also for connection that we say no to things. We are made for connection in every single way. It motivates us to achieve, but it's also what motivates so many of us not to overachieve past the point of connection. No matter who you are or where you've come from, you'll have to work very hard to divorce connection from the core purpose of our existence because it is intertwined in our very spirit and our DNA. I shared last time about a study done in the US in 1944 in which they took 40 babies who I assume were orphaned and they put them into two different um, baby looking after facilities and 20 in each and in both facilities they were um, sterilised and well looked after, a super, super healthy environment and all the babies, all their physical needs were met, their diapers were changed, they were fed, uh, they were looked after, it was a healthy environment, none of them got sick um, but in one side uh, the 20 of them, they, they nurtured the babies as a mother normally would, the carers. Uh, but on the other side, they intentionally neglected the babies and didn't do anything beyond meet their physical needs. They did, not, uh, they did not look at the babies. They did not cuddle them. They did not spend time with them. They did not talk to them. And so uh, the study was closed down uh, a few months into it after half of the babies had actually died in the study where they were neglected. And uh, I don't want to go into detail because I don't want to cry, uh, but it's basically just like an example of from day one that we have been created from connection. And if you remove that from someone, it actually removes their 
purpose and it removes their ability to live. None of those babies that passed away had any illnesses or anything physically wrong with them. Their bodies just shut down because they're unable to connect. We were made for connection from day one and it carries on throughout our lives. And there's this island, there's this island in Italy called Sardinia. And it's uh, a place where some of the oldest people in the world live. And now for uh, per head of population in North America, which is Canada and the US, uh, for every person who reaches 100 years old in the US or Canada, 10 people reach that in this island, this island in Italy. And New Zealand's not too far off that, so we'll be about probably eight or nine eight or nine hundred centurions for every one centurion in, in New Zealand. And so they went there and they researched what is it about this culture and this community that allows people, so many people, such a radical difference to live to a hundred plus. And they looked at their diet and they saw their huge, highly fat, uh, unhealthy diet and they're like, it's not that. They saw that they didn't exercise, they're like, it's not that. But they saw the community that these guys lived in, that even the elderly, they remained in relationship with people. They remained in connection with people. And so connection is a core need uh, of ours from day one through right through our lives. If you remove connection, you remove purpose. And when you remove purpose, life begins to fade away. Regardless of what you believe, you were made for connection. And for some of you, that may be enough for you to just take that home and make a few changes in your world. But tonight, I want to go a little... uh, a little step further in that and talk about uh, uh, the way we have been made for connection with something bigger. The way we have been made to connect with something bigger, with, with a group that is bigger than ourselves. That no matter where you go in the world, people gather. No matter where you go in the world, people gather. Whether it's for sporting, whether it's for cultural, whether it's for uh, cars, whether it's for age groups, whether it's for ethnicities, people gather. It's something that we just do. It's something we value. It's something that I believe we have been created for. If we just throw up that first slide, please, Sam. Um, This is a... I was just Googling a few things this week as I was preparing this message. And as you see, this is the average attendance per game for Manchester United. And this, each of those things represents an entire year. So in the last 10 years, the average attendance at a Manchester United game has not varied more than 1,000 people. So like around 75,000 people show up every single week to this game. And this is replicated in so many different circles and areas around the world. We gather, we love together. It's part of who we are. We feel a sense of pride and purpose when connected to a bigger group. And we often try to twist things so that our group is better than others. We often try to twist things to make it feel like our group is the best group. And this uh, can sometimes trigger us, especially with Americans. Uh, when, when us Kiwis meet Americans, we sometimes feel like they think they're better than us. Um, but one thing we need to realise is that uh, they are about 100 times bigger than us. Um, they have 50 states in America, and so New Zealand is about the size of half of one of those states. So you can really forgive them for not knowing everything about New Zealand and yet us knowing a lot about them. But something triggers in us because we feel like they think they're better than us. But it's something we just do in general. We naturally like to think that our uh, group or whatever identity we're associated with is the greatest group. And we will replicate that to countries that are smaller than, than, than ourselves. And one thing we are known for saying in New Zealand is that we often punch above our weight. 
in sporting and other events. In other words, saying that we're actually we're actually the best group. You know, there's only four and a half million, but we're actually the best. Uh, we like to feel significant, so we find a way to see that our group is the best group. We like to turn things to feel significant. Having a connection to a sporting group, a musical group, or anything, anything similar is not inherently bad unless it becomes your whole world. It's not inherently bad to be associated with a group, to enjoy spending time with a certain group, unless it becomes your whole world. Then you find yourself worshipping people. When any group becomes your whole world, then you will worship the people that are leading in that group. And, and whenever you... Give your worship, and whatever you give your worship to, you'll get your hope from. Whatever you give your worship to, you will draw your hope from. And so if your whole world is a particular group, then you'll worship the leaders of that group. And those leaders of that group will be the people that you get the most hope from. And if we look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 7, the NIV, it says, Hopes placed in mortals die with them. Hopes placed in mortals die with them. All the promises of their power comes to nothing. And this is something we would have all experienced, uh, whether it was with family or with school or even a church family, where we've just placed our hopes in someone and they've just disappointed us. They haven't come through. And uh, we've just felt like upset. Like not many of us have been through the process of uh, people like dying around us. A lot of us are quite young in this room. Um, but... But all of us have been through the experience of being disappointed by someone who is infallible, by our humanity, someone dropping the ball. We can all relate to that. Um, but then there are some groups that, that are inherently not a great idea. And uh, I watched, uh, there was a trailer for a documentary released in 2013. It was uh, called uh, The 12 O'Clock Boys. And it particularly fascinated me because there was a, uh, a gang in... Uh, Baltimore, a city in the States, and this gang, uh, what their thing was is they rode dirt bikes around town, and they just pull wheelies everywhere, and um, they uh, and wreak havoc, and they were known as the 12 o'clock boys because uh, when you pull a wheelie, they refer to it, the further you go around, the further you go around on the clock per se, and so that's a 10 o'clock wheelie, 11 o'clock wheelie, and 12 o'clock wheelie is straight back. And uh, the boy narrating in the video said they call them the 12 o'clock boys because they ride the bike straight back. And anyway, the documentary follows this young 12-year-old boy who has made these guys his world. Like he is worshipping these guys. He's got one purpose in this life and it's to be a, be a 12 o'clock boy. And just to quote him to get a bit of under, understanding of, of how he's living, he says, I've been on this earth for a decade and a couple years. That makes me a grown-ass man. <laughs> his connection to this group was his whole world, and these guys were his gods. But unfortunately, jail was his probable destination. And again, any time you make a mortal a god, any time you place hope for your future in a mortal, that hope will die with them and you will be left empty-handed. What am I highlighting? Whether it's sports, cars, cultures, gangs, or regions, we gather and we get a sense of significance and connection from this. We gather and we want to be connected to be a bigger to a bigger group. So I ask you, what groups do you feel connected to? What groups do you get identity from? And are they your whole world? Uh, in the earth right now, there's around 7.7 .7 billion people. 
uh, on earth, and uh, with the exception of the male and female groups, uh, does anyone know what the biggest group identity there is in the world right now? The biggest group is Christianity. Christianity uh, makes up for one-third of the world's population. One-third of the world believes there is a God and that he is Jesus and that he came here and he laid down his life for them and they have put their faith in him. I didn't know that till I became a Christian. It blew my mind, especially living in like quiet little old New Zealand uh, where it's a bit taboo to talk about religion in public. Um, and it just blew my mind, like, oh my gosh, there is so many people in this world who believe in Jesus. Like, I'm not alone in this. I thought, I literally thought it was just this little thing that happened in this one church. And then it was like, my gosh, this is all over the world. Um, and a term that describes this group is the church of Jesus Christ or the body of Christ. And regardless of who you are or where you come from or where you have came, come from, if you have chosen to trust Jesus with your whole life, then you have become a part of this body. Romans chapter 12 verses 4 to 5 says, For just as each of us has one body with one members, and these members do not have all the same functions, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And secondly, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, both these are written by Paul to separate churches. Uh, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink, that is the Holy Spirit. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And in verse 27, a few verses later, he says, Now you are Christ's body, individually members of it. And so whether Jew or Gentile, what does that mean? That means whether boy, girl, whether Māori, whether Ket, whether, not Ket, that's wrong, uh, whether Pākehā, whether Australian, whether English, whether Irish. When you decide to place your faith and trust in God, then you become one, a part of his body. And it says there, one spirit to drink. That means one life source. And whatever you place your hope in, you draw life from. And we know that hope's place in mortals die with them. But when we place our hope in Jesus Christ, that is an unending life source, an unending spirit of which we are able to drink from. So what am I saying? You have been created that there is a creator that created you. And because there is a creator that created you, there is a designer that designed you. And because there is a designer that designed you, you have a design. And because you have a design, you have a purpose. And I believe part of that purpose is being in relationship and in connection with the body of Christ. You can be the CEO of a business, you can run a yacht club, you can run a men's club, you can run a, a whatever club you want, you can run a whatever group you want, but it's really important to understand that one of your primary purposes is to remain connected in with the body of the Christ above other groups. And it's important to remember that regardless of whatever you're doing, whether you're running a business, whether you're running an organisation, that you're doing it as an extension of his body, as an extension of his nature, and as an extension of his will. Regardless of your history of status or status, you have a purpose and a place being connected with the body of Christ. Even for those here who may not believe in Jesus, you have been created for relationship and connection with a bigger group. 
Although you have been created for connection and connection to the body, that doesn't mean it's easy to walk out. There are challenges that the body of Christ faces along with every other body, every other group. And that is as long as you have more than one person, you have a problem. As long as you have more than one person gathering, you have a problem. Because as soon as you have two people, you have two opinions, you have two perspectives, you have two beliefs, and you have two experiences, and that is the premise for conflict. And many people's method of dealing with this sort of challenge with their groups is disconnection. They disconnect from the group when the challenge becomes too much, and they go to another group, another yacht club, another rugby club. And it's something that we also deal with, and Christians find themselves doing, uh, when they struggle with conflict and dis- a conflict within their church family and the body of Christ, sometimes their method of dealing with that is disconnecting from the body, avoiding going to church and gathering with other Christian believers. Maybe that's why Jesus said, where two or more gather, there I am, because we need him. Where two or more gather, there I am in my name. In Jesus, you have the peace, the calm, the storm that is brewing in a conflict between a relationship with you and a work colleague. With Jesus, you have the patience to wait for someone as they struggle to to do what they said they would do for you. You have the patience to wait for them, to allow them to learn, to have mercy and grace, to allow them to learn and grow just like someone did for you once. In Jesus, you have access to joy, to see people's, to see broken lives restored, to see people come into your group and be restored. And in Jesus, we have the love to see lives completely transformed and changed. But all this takes place while in relationship and while in connection to the body. And from my experience and most other church leaders' experiences, that when you see people in connection with the body, doing life, fellowshipping with others, these people are growing. They are working on things. They are changing. But people who disconnect themselves from the body generally just get older. Generally, people, when they disconnect themselves from the body, you, you may not see them for a few years, but when they come back, they often haven't really changed. They've just gotten older. But when you make a decision to remain connected to the body and to work through conflict, to work through challenge, then you'll find yourself beginning to grow. I want you to know that tonight you have been created for connection, something bigger than yourself, and part of that connection is with the body of Christ. And regardless of the challenges you have faced, regardless of the conflicts with others, regardless of if you don't feel like you don't fit in, which is something everyone faces. I want you to know that God has a purpose and a plan for your life, and it is to be empowered and supported and encouraged in connection with the body of Christ. So you've been created for connection to the body, but what does it look like to be connected? If the band could just come up, please. It's honestly one of the most challenging things to watch people um, try to connect and not connect. It's honestly one of the most challenging things because I know they're made for it. I know there's a desire inside of them and they're trying to walk, walk this thing out, but they just struggle to connect. And particularly with the body of Christ, it's really challenging because I know if they can make that connection, if they can begin to work things through, that they're going to change, their life is going to change, and other people's lives are going to change. 
But one thing I've noticed is there is, there is a way to connect and there is a way that often doesn't work. And I'd like to propose that the, 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 most, uh, the way in which I've seen the most people find connection and purpose in the body of Christ is seen in Jesus' words in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I command you. And surely I am with you always till the very end of the age. I've seen this time and time again in church where people have tried to connect to the body of Christ and they've tried to find connection and relationship, but they've just felt like they've been walking in the opposite direction to people. They haven't been able to connect with those that are in the body. But I've also seen that those who have actually been willing to actually turn around and face outward and go have actually found a place of connection and a place of purpose. That those who have been so inwardly focused to their needs and and their need to feel loved and, and their need to feel significant have often been the ones who have struggled the most to connect. But those who are actually willing to turn around and go find themselves running beside some amazing people, find themselves building relationship with people, and they work out their shortcomings on the way. They work out their issues of insecurity and their fears on the way as they go. And I'd like to propose to you tonight that if you're wanting to deepen or strengthen your connection with the body of Christ or even build it for the first time, then I encourage you to ask the question of yourself, what does it look like for me to go? What does it look like for me to be sent? You see, the the church can operate like a hospital at points. It can operate like a hospital where people just come and they're sick, and they just aim to just get well. And it's like, that's cool, but it's not the primary purpose. And it's a bit of a problem when people come and they just want to get well before they leave. But Jesus didn't say to any of his disciples, you have to be perfect before I'll send you. He said, I'll send you. He said, go. And he's saying to you in this place tonight, go. Regardless of how healthy you are, regardless of how an amazing leader you feel like you are, regardless of the shortcomings, regardless of the doubts that you carry, the insecurities of not being enough, Jesus said, go. And I believe as you go, you're going to find a connection you may never have experienced before with the body of Christ as you begin to go and pursue His will for your life. So what does it look like for you to go? You each have a purpose in your connection to the bigger picture, to the body of Christ. You have been created to play a part and a role in the salvation and transformation of others' lives, in the reconciliation of the created that is us to the Creator that is God. And as you step into that purpose, as you allow yourself to be connected to the body, you'll be amazed at the journey that God will take you on. You'll be amazed at the people you'll find yourself running beside, the relationships you'll find yourself in, the life-giving transactions that will take place between you and others as you go. The joy and the purpose you all experience. You have been created to be a part of something bigger, the body of Christ. And that is the invitation I want to leave with you tonight. What does it look like for you to go as you connect with the body of Christ? What does it look like for you to strengthen, deepen, or begin your connection with the body of Christ? This is my opinion, but either we connect and grow 
or we disconnect and we get older? What does it look like for you to build your connection with the body of Christ? To go, not go into isolation, but into purpose alongside others. What does that look like for you?